What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Oh, what are you doing? I'll tell you what you're doing. You're listening to the Elder Scrolls, Lorcas. Either you are, or I'll be skipping rope with your entrails. Ta-ta. This podcast is brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash Elder Scrolls Lorecast. Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Welcome to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. The podcast where we explore the amazing universe of the Elder Scrolls. Adventurers, welcome back to the Starfield Debate Podcast. I mean, the Elder Scrolls <laughs> Lorecast. We just spent like the first 20 minutes of just literally 20 minutes hanging out here debating. Uh, Lotus and I were like, I feel like this is what the launch for Starfield will be like. Well, I feel like this is what the launch. Well, yeah. what about this? Well, what about this? And we went back and had a really fun conversation. So uh, we don't hate each other. It was more of a uh, uh, it wasn't even so much wait, of a wait, debate no, as a, oh, no. a series oh, of predictions. And I thought we were mortal enemies. I <laughs> feel like whenever you're on the Internet and you have different opinions about something at this point, it's like you just have to assume that people are just trying to murder each other or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? There's no logical debate. There's just rage. Right. It's just, just rage and anger. Uh, but uh, maybe we'll put this in the less, the second half of the episode, like, or maybe just after the end or something, if you guys want to hear some of our thoughts on the Starfield launch. But that's not why we're here today. We are here to talk about elsewhere because we're traveling around the map. We're going in like kind of a clockwise motion. Have you noticed this? Yeah, Lotus? we've got a little directional focus going here. I like it. I like it. Yeah. So we've uh, recently talked about two other locations and today we're now visiting elsewhere. And uh, you know what? This is I think this one's going to be a little bit different of a conversation. We're trying. We need to delve into elsewhere and get into some of the history, some of the culture, some of the religion, all of that stuff, which we've talked about in other contexts but not necessarily directly but in this episode because we're doing the lands and the lore of the locations we need to talk we need to try to talk mostly about the land and the locations and these kinds of things so that's what we're going to try to stick to although there's i feel like elsewhere it's 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 a different place we started with the weird ones Liz. we should have started with we like really the more did. normal ones and established yeah. like normal stuff but i know we we got real weird to start and then it's going to normalize as we get around the continent <laughs> yeah so yeah it's going to get more normal as we as we continue moving around but all right we're at elsewhere everybody knows this is the home of the khajiit and it's mostly desert but there's there's more to it than just that yeah it's some decent savannas that actually prior to eso we didn't really get to see um yeah in fact most of our information of elsewhere is actually from the Elder Scrolls Online more than anything else. Um, you you really just get very, very pixelated bits of procedural generation prior to that. So right, right. a lot of it was just the way it was explained and you never got to see it yourself until the Elder Scrolls Online with the Elsewhere expansion. 
Yeah, absolutely. So Elsewhere is divided up into kind of two sections, and we're going to hear about these two sections a lot. And the first section, the northernmost section, is one climate type. It's mostly savannas, badlands, and dry plains, whereas the southern part is more fertile lands like jungles and rainforests. Yes. So oftentimes you think about like the northern part without really thinking about the southern part very much. Well, the southern part Again, it's it's very different. It, it's again, it's more southern, so it's going to be wetter. It's going to be warmer, so it's that got that kind of thing going on. But um, elsewhere was originally a bunch of different clans, and so if we go into the history of stuff, the different clans of Khajiit uh, basically ruled over these different sections, and eventually they were all combined together. We'll talk about that on a future episode. But the the six clans, the sixteen or sixteen, I'm sorry, I said six, yeah, sixteen, 16 uh, tribes became six kingdoms. So uh, Nequin Al, <laughs> I'm going to mess up the names: Rimen, Riverhold, Dune, Orcrist, Verkarth, Mirvale, and Helcarn, these are the northern ones, and then there's Alabaster, Brookra, Palatin, Corinth, Tenmar, Torval, Kenorthia, Kenorthia, Kenarthia, 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 Rest, Kenarthia. Yeah, yeah, okay, that, there we go. That, yeah, with Kenarthia's Rest, right? That would make Boost. the most yeah. sense now that you say it out aloud. <laughs> yeah, and Central, these are the southern ones, and eventually these were combined into like two, and then one group as a whole as all of elsewhere so the the history of the peoples kind of unified the area but that area was still different from the rest of the continent because it was the home of the khajiit and the khajiit like the argonians that we talked about last week are very different from either the the men or the myrrh in some right. very significant ways yes um other than there being a a whole plethora of Khajiit, uh, which are defined by being fur stocks, which we won't get into that at the moment. That's more on Khajiit the race rather than this region. Mm. But um, they're essentially just they're your felines in the series. Just all of them, just varying degrees of them from house cat to uh, battle mammoth cat when you <laughs> battle <laughs> mammoth cat like, yeah gigantic monster bear cat rot. yeah like yes. yeah so <laughs> it's it's just um we we joked way back in the day that when we, you know the year we were actually getting the elsewhere expansion that it was just um you know it, it was their own personal litter box because like we mentioned it's it's very sandy it's very arid in a lot of areas mm -hmm. um so it's it's just i don't know it's it's a Yet another very unique region compared to what we've talked about already. Um, yeah, yeah, and the climate is distinct in very specific ways from other places as well. Um, right. The, uh, the the sixteen tribes became two kingdoms. Uh, yep. This was just after the Thracian plague of the first era, twenty two sixty, and Which so you wiped out a lot of Khajiit. Right. They and, were not. <laughs> they were very susceptible to the Nahatan flu. So. Uh, yeah, so uh, well, I said Thracian plague. The non flu was another thing too. Oh, yeah. wow, they're just susceptible to everything. There's, yeah, you said the Thracian plague. I'm there's a few the of these like plagues and flus yeah, that go wow. around. Uh, yeah, the Khajiit do not have a lot of durability <laughs> when it comes to. Wow, I went to another plague that totally like wipes out the city. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, they, that works. They have a problem yeah, with that one yikes. too. But this is after the first era, twenty two sixty. So this is yeah, before ESO, right? All oh, of this God. stuff, right? And so the sixteen tribes combine into two groups. There's the Northern Kingdom and the Southern Kingdom, and the Northern is Nequinol, which is the same yep. as Anakina. It's the same place. Yes, it's just a just, different name. Well. There's a lot of um, 
regional shift, I guess, with the way elsewhere is divided up when when you've got kind of these things. So over the games, or I guess over the like story itself, they shift a bit more than some of the other cultures. Think of it as like in a similar, not not in a great house form, but those great houses kind of like shift the terrain on who owns what in Morrowind. Mm-hmm. It's similar to this, but it's more of like a, a kingdom dynamic as opposed to a great house dynamic, if that, if that right. makes sense. Right. And then the southern section is called Palatine. And... Uh, it's spelled funny. Of course, whenever you see the more normal, quote, normal spelling, the more, I don't know, English, European type, Latin, English kind of, that, that's usually the empire, right? That's usually, yes. <laughs> that's yeah, so, yeah. Cyrillic or something doesn't like that. really fit so much with a couple of the other ones. Like, same thing with Anakino as opposed to, you know, going to Rockla or something. <laughs> right, right, right. So, <laughs> very so, definitively different name types. Right. So, the southern section is wealthier and was known as Palati- Palatine, P A apostrophe A L A T I I N. That's like yeah. the Kajidi spelling. But the Cyrillic is is Palatine, so P-E-L-L-I-T-I-N-E. They're the same thing, though. They're just, it's like, it's like the fact that I keep messing up pronunciations of, like, uh, J.R.R. Tolkien's stuff in the Lord of the Rings lorecast, because yeah. I don't speak Elvish. <laughs> so I say things <laughs> accidentally with, like, my own, uh, my own accent, I guess, and then I'm like, oh, crap, I messed that one up again. <laughs> but that's kind of the vibe here, right? Yeah, very much so, very much so. So uh, one of the other things I wanted to mention is the because we've gotten to see some of these locations in the expansions in ESO, we actually can see some of the uh, the architecture, like the the artistry in the buildings yes. and the way things are made. And this is another one of those reasons why this part of the world is so distinct and different from all these other places. If if we look at the our world influence on the artists, you have things like ancient Indian architecture and some of these Southern Asian influences and, and, and even in some of these ancient temples that we have in our own world, you know, among like, like I said, Southern Asia or even parts of, um, I don't know, the string of islands South of Asia, the, uh, what's that group called? What's that area called? Uh, oh. oh God. Uh, everybody's screaming. Somebody's yelling. Void right now. You know what I'm talking about. Should. The string of yes, islands that goes south towards Australia. Um, uh, anyway, there are structures in those parts of the world that have very similar architecture to what we see in elsewhere. And right. it's beautiful. I mean, it's it's all very like the, it built from the same earth and the rocks around. So it's still got that orange kind of texture to a lot of the rocks yep. and things. Um, but the actual shapes are very decorative. They're very carved out. They've got these like, I don't know, minarets or what they're called, like with the little pointy bits at the tops of the little roofs and yep. and really intricate doorways and windows. And it's all very beautiful and, and well designed, um, which plays to that feeling of us from being in this like Western audience of this feeling like somewhere that we don't see in our everyday lives, just walking around in the world. It looks somewhere that's right. That's more foreign to us from a Western perspective. Um, what do you think about all this stuff? I, I loved visiting these locations when elsewhere, when this was, the elsewhere expansion uh, especially came out. Yeah. The elsewhere expansion, especially, and it's actually funny because people have mentioned a chat, which I, I will agree with. 
in-game traversing the landscape specifically in northern elsewhere is a bit rough yeah because of just we'll go into a very quick specific bit of terrain here there's a giant scar down the middle of the the northern elsewhere region and it's this giant canyon essentially um and they built a city which has like um uh, rope bridges that go across it allowing travel and there's connecting bridges and stuff like that called the stitches um so like it, it stitches up over the scar it's kind of like its own neat little thing but it, it makes <laughs> in-game travel sort of obnoxious <laughs> if you're trying to go somewhere quickly because there's no real quick routes around however um the region itself and the design of it I was super excited to see back, you know, when it was first being revealed. Um, I think the music in the area is very, very cool. Uh, it's very unique. It's got that Indian feel to a lot of it. Um, and the zone itself, because again, we hadn't really seen anything of it. I was very curious to see where this weird elsewhere land was. And when it was fully actualized, I thought it had a very unique feel to it. Um, there, again more so the culture so we'll just touch on it but um the reverence for the moons and the cycles of the moons and you know the tide of the lunar lattice and all of that with the kajiti culture is neat just because a lot of their architecture has like the moon and suns into the architecture itself so it's got a very unique thing uh, unique shape to it but um i i liked the fact that it wasn't just straight up desert so it was like it's alakir part two mm-hmm. it it felt more less like the savannah deserts and more like somewhere you would find in like Africa or something like that, where it's like, okay, yeah, there's desert regions, but it's also not just all desert. Like it's got right. more to it. And I thought that made it a little more unique than I was expecting. Actually. Um, right. I still wish we had been able to see the Tenmar forest, which is not actually in the game yet. Um, but it's just that little sliver is just kind of not discovered on the map. Yeah. Um, it gives me a twitch. But <laughs> but um, no, in general, I, I really like the region. I thought it added a lot to the series and fleshed out. Honestly, that seems like a fan favorite race of characters and culture that really had not been fleshed out other than they're the kitty people. Yeah. Like they, it was yeah. like, yeah. It, that, it, it added so, so much more to it. Um, so I, I really personally, it's one of my favorite um, like zones in ESO just cause I, I don't know. I, I really like the way they actualized it in, in, in game. Yeah. Uh, getting around is a little difficult. So there is that. Yeah. that, that is kind of a pain in the butt, but the locations that you do get to visit the cities, the, uh, even the different, um, types of Khajiit that you meet all the different varieties of fur stocks are very cool because this is their homeland so they they they're walking around doing their things and you know it's it's really crazy to think of like imagine can you imagine a human society where some people are average sized people like you and me and some people are the size of house cats and some people are the size of bears (laughs) and and all these people just live in a city together and get along and talk and you know like and and can be related to each other because we've talked about this before in the first talk stuff it has to do with the cycles of the moon depending on which one you look like (laughs) when you're when you're born and and on that note um you know some of the places you go to for some of their temples and stuff like that that you uh see different characters there's some really good ones with the elfique who we had not actually seen 
mm-hmm. anything of. We had heard of Elfique, but never encountered them, which they're basically just like super sentient magical uh, house, house cats, cats. <laughs> which right. is great because some of them wear very entertaining little hats and clothing and stuff like that. So what if you, if you look up Skuma Cat, which is, you know, the Cher Gorath version of uh-huh. Kiji, he oftentimes is portrayed as an Elfique. But um, I one of the things that I really, really like the aesthetic on those specifically with their little temples um, was a lot of them reminded me of like Tibetan monasteries and stuff yeah. like that, which yeah. I thought was a really cool and unique aesthetic that wasn't actually in much else to the game. So I thought, I thought that gave it a very, very unique feel that we hadn't seen elsewhere, but I'm sure whatever <laughs> elsewhere. <but. laughs> yeah. It's kind of hard to say elsewhere and then not have it just be an awkward joke about this place. In the yeah, series. It's clearly a clever name that the developers put in like years ago at the beginning of the series oh, yeah. to be like, Oh, and then there's that place that's elsewhere. We won't talk about that. It, it, right. Yeah. And now that we're actually at the point where the series is so fleshed out, it's like, Oh, we actually have to go there. We actually have to talk about that place. That <laughs> oh, just boy. has a clever name. Yep. Yep, you do. Um, speaking of other places, these are some of the notable locations, like cities and other locations. We have, um, this is alphabetical, there's Alabaster, which is the city found inland from the Nibbin River on the elsewhere side of the border. So this is just kind of just in on, it's, it's one of those boundary locations. Yep. Um, then there's Corinth, which is in central elsewhere. Dune, which is in northwestern elsewhere near the Valenwood border. So this is off on that side of the map. The Halls of Colossus are a notable location because this has a lot to do with dragons. It does. Um, Also, just one thing of note, because I always love being able to give my little tidbit of the classics, you actually go to this specific location, the Halls of Colossus, in the Elder Scrolls 1 arena. So that pull is actually all the way Mm -hmm. from the original game. Right. And this Uh, was was a a location that housed the Numidium at one point. Yes. It's it's got some cool for a number of important stuff that happens around the Halls of Colossus. Right. And the Numidium being a colossal structure, therefore the Halls of Colossus. System. That makes sense, right? Canarthi's uh, Roost, which has been in the game since launch. Yeah, that was your starter island um, yep. for the Eldmere Dominion. Yep, that's a it's a southeast or south yep. uh, south southern coast um, where and Mormir Mormer live peacefully together with the Khajiit mm-hmm. there, which is kind of crazy. Um, Minstrel is a city on Canarthi's Roost. Um, Orcrest is a city in northern elsewhere, south of Riverhold. Yep. And that's actually, it's a public dungeon in ESO. And that's actually the one when I uh, I mentioned the wrong plague when we were talking about which plagues wiped out the Khajiit. Um, the storyline to that is, uh, yeah, it's right after the Nantan uh, flu is wiping everybody out, I believe. is uh, it's, it's, it's real plaguey. Real, real plague. plaguey over there. <laughs> real plaguey over there. Then there's Ralka. Ralka, yeah, it's Ralka. like a big trade city in the zone in ESO. Yeah. I actually really like Ralka. I, I don't know. It, again, it's not even that unique, but it's. I just think the design of it in Elder Scrolls Online is very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's uh, southwest of Dune. Uh, yep. Rimen, which it's one of those names that doesn't sound very Khajiit, which means yeah, it's no, probably imperial. Yeah, probably a little imperial. And then when you're there, mm-hmm. it's probably a little more imperial. Yep, yep. So it's on the northeastern side of elsewhere, which borders yep. Cyrodiil, which explains some of the imperial nature of the location and why it has an imperial sounding name. Uh, Riverhold, another not particularly 
Kajidi sounding name. Yep. Uh, Northern elsewhere near the Cyrodiil border. So again, makes sense. So the more the more they sound foreign, the more likely they are to be deeper into the location. And the more they sound like Imperial stuff, the more they're closer to be near Cyrodiil. And my dogs are barking. Uh, then there's <laughs> Senshal, uh, which was a slum turned into a coastal resort. It lies on the northern shores of the southeastern tail of elsewhere. So there's that. Hold on one second. Hey, stop. <laughs> they're very excited. Well, actually, we are talking about Khajiit. Maybe they're chasing Khajiit right now in the background. You just don't realize it. Maybe. They're, they're barking at the neighbor. Here, let me see. Very on brand. Let's see if they'll hear their bag. Bag of treats. <laughs> ah, I see bribing them. <laughs> he knows I'm discussing cats. Oh, here yep. you are. All right, you got to sit and be good for a few minutes. All right, you stay. <laughs> Uh, and then we have Torval, which is the last of this group, which is a city-state and seat of the Maine near the southwestern Valenwood border. And the Maine is the leader of the Khajiit, which yes. we've talked about before when we were talking about the first ox and all that stuff. Yep. So those are the locations. If you ever want to go travel and visit these places, you know you know where to go now. Um, yeah. But many of them. Many of them. So here, tell you what. We're going to take a break. We're going to go thank our patrons. I'm going to make sure the dogs don't bark anymore. And... We'll be right back, but don't go anywhere because we got to talk about Florida and fauna and some other stuff. So we'll be right back. I am so excited about our sponsor this week, Marvel Strike Force. I freaking love Marvel Comics. Growing up, I collected comics and the trading cards, and I've seen pretty much every Marvel movie they've made so far. So if you're into Marvel like I am, go check out Marvel Strike Force. This is a mobile squad RPG. You can collect and unlock all the different heroes. You fight against supervillains. There's a campaign. There's a blitz mode. There's an arena. There's a constantly evolving meta. And right now they're celebrating the Deadpool anniversary event. This is a mission from Strike where you log in the first time and you unlock this generous gift containing character shards, a anniversary diamond orb gear a bunch of other items it is absolutely the right time to jump in and try this game out click the link in the show notes to download it now and then use the promo code maxpool m-a-x-p-o-o-l maxpool don't miss out on all the free stuff and thanks again to marvel strike force for sponsoring this episode what's so special about hero bread soft fluffy and delicious breads buns and tortillas these ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. This is Hamish Morak, Dragonborn, and you are educating yourself to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. All right, here we are in the middle of the show. This is where we get to thank our patrons, including our newest patrons, including Elizabeth N. and Don C. and MK44 just upgraded to a year pledge. Got got a nice 10% discount by just pledging for the entire year, which is super great. Thank you so much for that. And uh, Neon Knight, who is our near, our near, our new tier five Daedric Prince. And speaking of Daedric Princes, we've got Kirasi, Neon Knight, and Noodle Al Dente, who get shout outs every week. Welcome to the group, Neon. And um, that brings us up, up to 141, 141 patrons. Good Lord. Holy moly. You guys are the best. I, I, I need to stop saying you guys because it's gendered and I'm, I'm trying my best. It's just such an integral part of my 
my vocabulary. And it's every time I say it, I think of um, Goonies. Yeah. Where he goes, uh, yeah. hey, you guys. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to yeah. me, that's just like a warm fuzzy. Um, but if you hear me use it, I'm trying to be inclusive. I just um, I yeah, need to train myself not to it, use it anymore. I get what you're saying, but it's like that's the way like my wife and I call each other bruh. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. I'll just call I'm just call everybody babes. Hey babes. Yeah. You babes are, are great. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, if you want to go check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash Elder Scrolls Lorecast, and we would really, really appreciate your support, and you get lots of cool stuff, so go check that out. Um, <laughs> there's also a new review. This one's from Dill Pickle 004, 004, is, wait a minute, is it 004 like a 007? Uh, yes. Okay, so Dil, uh, absolutely. Dill Pickle is yeah, this a is secret agent. My, this is already canon, so yeah, go on. This no, is secret a, agent Dill Pickle reporting agent, yeah. in. Yeah. Uh, who says from the United States who says which is weird but 007s are supposed to be British right um, yeah unless he's infiltrating us oh no okay well uh, Agent, Agent Pickle says this podcast made me get back into the Elder Scrolls I stopped playing after a while due to being burned out but the way Lotus and Tom dive so deep into the lore made me want to get back in just so I can find and read all the lore books in Skyrim and then learn it all myself thank you guys for bringing the love of the Elder Scrolls back to its height for me I truly can't thank you guys enough Oh, super sweet. I'm so glad. Well, you're happy to entertain and I guess educate as we bumble our way through these and give other <laughs> <Yeah>. people direction. <laughs> well, you're a very nice uh, secret agent. So thank you. Yes. Thank you, Dill. Um, if you'd like to leave us a rating and review, a five star rating and a review in the future on Apple Podcasts, we'll get read out by us and we'll say thank you for leaving it. Otherwise, yeah, we'll you probably screw up the name. Probably screw up the name. And you can leave uh, <laughs> reviews on uh, on Spotify or any other other platforms that you listen to. So, just, you know, all that stuff is extremely helpful. Thank you so much for your support. Let's get back to the rest of the show. You're listening to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, dear child of cities. That is why the Night Mother loves you. All right. Before we get into the flora and fauna, we have to talk about the cuisine of the Khajiit because they biologically seem to work in a very different way than everybody else, especially when it comes to one of the flora flora that exists in this part of the world yeah i would i would say flora flora i don't know how you would not <laughs> i'm, ta I, I'm yeah, talking about moon no. sugar yeah so yeah, we're about it's flora sugar. it's flora <laughs> um so let, let's the khajiit because they are cats love really really sweet things so candies cakes puddings sugar meats honey stews all sorts of that kind of stuff so my teeth hurt thinking about that yeah so they're they're like little kids they can't get enough candy right um now one a lot of these dishes include moon sugar which they grow and is a, basically a staple of a lot of their food but of course you can turn moon sugar into skooma and that's where things get even wackier yeah, it's just kind of like the drug counterpart from processing the moon sugar. And you get all sorts of, I mean, you you encounter skooma a lot throughout the series. It has some positive effects. It has crippling 
well, you never really deal with too many side effects of it in game, I guess, mm-hmm. probably from not having prolonged usage of skooma. But yeah, a lot of characters that you encounter in game with skooma addictions and stuff like that. It's uh it's pr- pretty pretty rough. It's a pretty rough, uh, pretty rough. or or, or uh, pro- problem in the series. So. Yeah, Gwen the Bard in chat says catnip. It's kind of like their catnip. Sort yeah, of. if you condense catnip down and <laughs> into crack rock. Um, yeah, it, it's kind yeah, of like exactly. crack cracknip. Yes. Mm. Uh, but because they are Khajiit and they have a different biology and they're raised on the stuff and they eat moon sugar all the time, they have more of a natural like predisposition where they, they can resist it more like they've got a yeah, better it, it seems like they able have to a process high it. tolerance built yeah, up to it yeah um, whereas other races not so much so it, it it is seen as being part of their culture in a way that it's not in the rest of the continent um they also like cheese and ale and some of these other more common things as well yep so here, let's talk about f- about the flora. So we've got we've got a variety of different things here, including things like um, lots of nightshade, which yeah, uh, it seems like nightshade is very common to the region. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think nightshade can be found in a lot of different places on Tamriel, but it just seems uh, apparently it's more heavily found in in the elsewhere region, which is yeah well it's it's poisonous and it's used yeah. in like narcotics and in a lot of you know conjuring potions and these kinds That's of things a trend here uh-huh. yeah so it, this is another one of those like mm, don't don't just eat one on your own probably not a good idea yeah but lots of lots of nightshade and then across the continent we have a lot of things that you would kind of expect to see this place elsewhere for the most part doesn't look the same way that some of these other locations we talked about look like if you go to Morrowind, you've got like the weird mushrooms and stuff. If you look over in um, in where the Argonians live, I was going to say Argonia, but I should call it Black Marsh. Um, I, I mean, technically, Argonia has also been a name they've used. Yeah. Yeah. Series. I feel like that's so more sure. derogatory, but Black Marsh isn't a yeah. nice name either. That's why I kind of wavered on that. Um, but, the, you know, places like that, you've got some some weird plants and things, but you also have the normal stuff in Elsewhere, you have a lot of very normal looking grasses and trees. And sure, there's areas that are more desert covered and areas that are more forest, but lots of more just kind of the kinds of stuff you see in the real world. (laughs) Right. And that's the thing. It's the, you know, be it the desert or the savanna or whatever, um, you, you get a lot of just kind of at least it seems like much more commonplace things you're not getting a lot of the even though the place is unique it's doesn't have some of the weird ash yams because of the volcano constantly off to the side yeah or you know some of these horrific things growing down in the swamps and uh, stuff like that this is more just kind of like yeah the 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 temperate area of some of the savannas or the desert areas just kind of relate to those type of plants. Nothing super weird, which is almost in and of itself kind of unique. Yeah, it kind of is. Um, and then when we get to the fauna, the fauna includes other kinds of creatures you would see, see in these locations, um, even wild cats that aren't right. Khajiit that's, that look very similar. Yeah, like many of the, and, yeah, yeah, many of the first stocks look like these other cats. They just happen to be intelligent <laughs> they're, right they're, they're not the same thing but you have you have a lot of these very normal creatures sench tigers and lions you have um 
regular looking birds you have very you a lot less of the weird and wacky stuff like giant monster lizard things and more of very common animals which is kind of strange like does this hit you as a little bit weird like it, wolves it and, and tigers and yeah. <laughs> lions and tigers and bears oh my but nothing nothing <laughs> right. like we're not seeing like guar run around and I'm, I'm not expecting to see like the same creatures from these other places but for being right. one of the parts of the continent that is undiscovered in a lot of ways to common travelers not so much yeah, and, and there are a few things that I guess might be worth bringing up that actually aren't really mentioned in either of the articles, which mm -hmm. is kind of interesting because we always use these as a reference guide for what we're doing right. uh, when we take notes off of them. One of the things that I actually feel might be worth noting, but again, they were kind of brought up via Elder Scrolls Online, so it was our first experience with them. But mm -hmm. there are also some versions we had mentioned, the varying size of you know the, the, the fur stock and stuff like that. Some creatures in the zone are very similar, but there's like something called like a terror bird, which sounds horrible and a nightmare yeah. creature, but it's basically just a bigger dodo bird. Right. So, which, it it doesn't not, look super weird. It's, it's just bigger. Right. Right. <laughs> it's like, right. so like to your point, it's like, okay, there's a tiger. There's a bigger tiger. Like <laughs> yeah. a lot of those, th that's kind of, I guess a way to kind of support what you're saying and why they might not be specifically mentioned in the articles. You get you get a lot of creatures that are just like bigger or weirder versions of some of the other ones. Um, something else that's kind of noted, which honestly I don't really remember this being a case in Arena or in Elder Scrolls Online, but it's noted that there's like a relatively high population of trolls in the area yeah that's the other thing that's the one of the one kind of weird creature uh, but tro right. trolls are everywhere else too it's not like it's trolls unique are not to this area super, like that's a pretty common creature to the to the game series right, right. and on top of that i didn't see many more than anywhere else <laughs> yep the other the only other weird creature are dragons because they show up during part of the storyline from eso right but Again, it's not that the dragons are the indigenous to this only this specific part of the right. world it's just they came out of the halls of colossus right. that's where they came out and so they're hanging out near the place that they were released from that's Correct. it <laughs> in the second era so it's like and then you know after the, that whole thing and some weirdnesses with warps in the west and dragon breaks and stuff like that we don't hear from them again for quite a while so it's like it was more of an area of convenience it seemed like more than like they're not in like you said they're not indigenous there they were hiding there right and then they got stirred up from there right but other than that there's really not too much else notable with those two things which is kind of a bummer because yeah the region is super unique but there's not a ton of unique stuff necessarily there mm -hmm. um, um, now there are a lot of other details about elsewhere the, the tribes the people their history uh, the the plague and the flu and how that affected them a, rebe right. there's a rebellion period there, there's a lot of other stuff going on here historically but we don't have time yeah shifting to, of kingdoms and stuff like that right. but that's that's you a know, whole the, potentially series of episodes on all of that stuff yeah that would be a little more of the history rather than just the geography right so we're going to save that for a future episode um but definitely come back for that stuff if you're interested because we'll get back around to it eventually 
Uh, anything else about Elsewhere that you find particularly interesting or, um, or notable? So one thing that actually I do kind of want to um, bring up just because I think it's interesting and um, just a bit strange for some of the, the lore bits uh, that it's interesting to see how things change over time. Mm -hmm. And uh, the map actually has been adjusted a bit as time has gone on um, for elsewhere. Um, it's, it's always been in the same ballpark area type of thing, but it's one of the areas that got kind of shifted a little bit so that it would fit, uh, I guess, the modern way of wanting everything like to line ESO up. map? Well, the ESO map, and I think maybe trying to go forward um, with with a lot of this stuff. Um, in Arena, it was if if I'm not entirely mistaken, I'm trying to look it's at kind the comparisons. Of, it's kind of like wider. The Arena map yeah, is I think wider. That's probably a good way to put it. The um, uh, the map after Arena is more north south, less right. east west. Yeah, and that, that's just it. It kind of just got reorganized a little bit to make it all fit a bit better mm -hmm. um which it which is just interesting because again beyond there being always some debate over the maps um in, in in the series from game to game and even in the same game and stuff like that um they've even mentioned that maps are inaccurate and oh yeah it's with the idea that things are all done from within game you get slightly different interpretations of it. Um, so it's it's kind of interesting to see just some of the shifts over time. Um, you know, elsewhere is not a massive shift, but li like you said, they condensed it a little bit to right. fit properly with right. Valen Wood being a little more positioned and not kind of spilling into Cyrodiil quite as much. Yeah, this is always one of those things I, I find funny because when you're when you're playing the games, the maps are designed in a way where they feel right for the gameplay but they don't actually match yeah. the size of real world locations. You know, right. uh, the classic right. idea here is like white run has all of like two dozen inhabitants, you know, yes. like, or, or maybe more than that, but like, it doesn't feel like a city by any means. It feels like a little settlement with a castle right. <laughs> and, that, and that's right. it. Um, and the same thing happens in ESO, like the amount of time it would take you to travel from one city, like on the North side of the map to the bottom city of the other side of the map means that, that entire map is like mm, a mile across like it's it's right. not very big like if you were to stitch together all the locations that we get and keep them at the same scale it, you could travel like the, the entire all of tamriel which you can travel almost all of at this point in eso is not actually any bigger than a city that you and i live in yeah exactly which is a little weird but I don't know. I'm just trying not to think about that too much. <laughs> well, yeah. If if you try to get, to, unfortunately, that's the thing where you do need to keep in in context that it's like when you know a fictional series is being worked on in certain ways. These are all outlines for it, and they. It's I appreciate how they try their best to stick to a lot of the lore to make it make sense in continuity. But sometimes, for the betterment of everything, it they can kind of MacGuffin their way out of things. I mean, we wouldn't even have Dragon Breaks in the series if it wasn't for them writing themselves in a weird corner at the end of Daggerfall with, like, multiple endings. How do we not 
null and void one of your endings. So they right. came up with a way. Right, right. Yeah, so just try not to think too hard on that. Uh, yeah. Like, the, the maps are definitely not to scale. <laughs> like, not, any, to, not to anyway. scale, and they do fluctuate. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And you can say that it was because of a myriad of reasons, whether they just needed to make it fit or whether it was like, oh, well, no, this shifted or whatever. You can come up with your own headcanon of doing that. But yeah, sometimes they just kind of need to adjust accordingly. <laughs> right. Yeah. A whole map full of just empty spaces would not be fun. Or an entire, you know, like a city that's actually, you know, let's say let's say they built a city that was four or five miles across. Like the amount of time it would take oh. you to tra- traverse just to get out of the city to go on a quest would be oh, impossible. And, and, and <laughs> for... For better or worse, that's one of the things Daggerfall kind of did. Mm-hmm. Um, as I've been playing through the Elder Scrolls 2, a lot of this is very much like that. It's like, okay, I went to this town. What? Where do I need to go? And I bring up the map, and there's 150 houses. And I'm like, oh, yeah. good yeah. God. And you right. figure out which one it is. Right. And, and even like, if there was a little arrow mm-hmm. over one of them, it would still it's take like, you walking okay. past a hundred houses to get to the one that you wanted yeah, to go to. It's it is it is sometimes condensing things down can be a very logical thing to do for a continuity and fun factor. Right, right. So anyway, so that's that's yeah, elsewhere. That's pretty much it. That's it. And uh, we'll we'll continue this trek across Tamriel. Uh, yeah. Doing a little I get, clockwise I was motion. Say, I was, I was looking at the little dial that we've been going around count uh we've been going clockwise so far i suppose we can just continue on our path <laughs> yeah sounds like valenwood 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 would be next on our agenda which is the place that elsewhere actually got tailored to kind of squish in a little bit so mm-hmm. valenwood could squish out a little bit <laughs> <laughs> right right so we'll be doing that next time and um actually next week is our patron chat so because it's oh, a weird God, short month. month. Yeah. 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 It'll be the 23rd. Wild. So if you want to join us, there's still time to sign up on the Patreon. And those of you who are already signed up, let's talk about what you guys want to talk about. We'll talk about the thing we're going to talk about before we talk about that thing. It's the way it works. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so we'll see you uh, next week for our patron chat. And then we'll be back to traversing across Tamriel after that. And uh, Lotus, you have anything else you want to share before we head out? Um, so we actually didn't have an episode of Tales last week because of all of that chaos in Turkey and stuff like that. Um, but in the meantime, that gave me a little extra time to, uh, work on things behind the screen scenes with, uh, and screens and screens. I'm working behind screens right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and we managed to line up an interval, uh, interval. Wow. Words are tough. Um, interview with uh, the head of Skyblivian, which will be a ton of fun to chat about. Um, just going to have him join us, and we're just honestly going to chat about the project and all of that stuff. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I was going to say, I figure Rob might be entertained by that. Uh, but um, yeah, it should be a really Rob, fun Rob chat. is the head of Skyblivian. It's, it's Rob all along. It's, it's been Rob all along. It's been Rob all along. Wearing a mask. Um, but yeah, so it should be a lot of fun. We'll actually be recording. Um, if you hear this when it is released, um, I guess theoretically you could join us live uh, for our show over at Tales of Tamriel, yeah. which is just uh we're going to be recording sunday at 1 p.m eastern um 
translate accordingly because time zones are hard and my brain turned to mush trying to manage the three time zones we're working with uh, between the three of us. But otherwise, it'll just be on the normal feed like usual once, uh, you know, once, once it's recorded, because just like this show, most people like to just listen to it on the podcatchers and stuff like that myself yep. included yep yep that's how it goes yeah go check that out that sounds like yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it I, I i'd love to hear more about about that whole project because that sounds awesome it's so ambitious it's like <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's wild uh callie's wondering if you're going to record any more dungeon walkthroughs actually yes um <laughs> funny enough uh I kind of ended up getting super backlogged. We are doing more dungeon walkthroughs uh, probably this weekend that hopefully I can get up as well as if we can sync things up for anybody interested in the, the, things that we're referring to it's dungeons and trials tales which are basically just the eso dungeons done story mode wise like a tv show i don't talk over it it's i literally let the dialogue of the game play itself out and we just kind of role play through it i suppose just so you can get the story because they are group contented ones um we are going to attempt see my editing skills <laughs> to do a full story trial this weekend too uh, oh, wow. which is a way bigger undertaking than four people doing a dungeon for a story yeah this is 12 people trying to coordinate to do a story dungeon that's a lot of be... patience <laughs> among the people you'll know, see how that goes hopefully well but um yeah so if that is a series you like i know a lot of you have sent me messages about it and stuff like that because you haven't been involved with it or don't want to make a new character just to replay it because you can't replay these which is very odd yeah. um you get like one-time things so you have to make a new character to see them um i would like to continue to flesh out the whole series um for everybody um just because i know that many people have said that it's been helpful or good as a refresher so Hopefully soon I will have the whole set of them out. There's just a lot of dungeons in ESO. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Nice. Well, good luck with that. That sounds fun. Uh, all of my stuff, you guys know, robotsradio.net. So I've got a bunch of different shows. Also, still no news on Starfield, but as soon as we get news, we will be reporting about it on the Starfield Lorecast and also starfieldinsider.com is a website that me and a number of other content creators are contributing to with any of the news or leaks or eventually lore and gameplay stuff all of that kind of stuff so go to starfieldinsider.com go bookmark it check it out a few times look for new stuff on there if you're if you want to stay plugged in uh, that's what i got going on and lotus thank you for joining me again and yeah, everybody in chat it's always so fun to have you guys here and i love all the conversations and comments and all that and we will see you next time with our patrons stay safe out there we'll see you later bye everybody bye everybody Thanks for joining us. We'd love to hear from you. You can reach me on Twitter at robots underscore radio or Lotus of Doom at Lotus of Doom. Also, you can join us on the Robots Radio Discord channel. You can easily just search Robots Radio Discord on Google or check the description underneath the podcast. Also, this podcast is recorded live every week on Thursday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on the Robots Radio channels on Twitch, YouTube, and on Facebook. So just search Robots Radio on any of those platforms come join us we'd love to chat with you while we record the show or before or after either way just come hang out with us and if you're looking for more information about my shows and the shows on the robots radio network go to robotsradio.net for all the information about all the shows on the network including the robots radio rocket club where i help both new and existing podcasters to grow their shows build their audiences and create the best podcast they possibly can all of that at robotsradio.net we'll see you next time 
so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.